all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Body of Christ Real Talk. Hola a todos. Bienvenidos a una verdadera charla sobre el cuerpo de Cristo. Hello. All right, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for that hand clap. Thank you, virtual crowd. Thank you, my Princess Nemo Fu, my fiance, for the opening introduction of Body of Christ Real Talk. The Gospel. Christianity. Being a believer. What is the gospel of salvation? What do people consider the world in general, not only believers, Christians of the faith, but the world in general? What, how do they see or what do they think or what is their view about salvation, about being saved? What is Christianity to most people, I'm not going to say believers now, to most people groups, ethnicities, nations, religions, what is Christianity? Good question. Is there an answer? Well, many people around the world have different answers. And not only that, but they have a different way or perspective of what, how they Uh, look at Christianity. Now, the, the name Christianity or the name Christian. I just wanted to throw it out there. Something to think about. Just just something to think about. Now, the ones that have been keeping up on my last four or five podcasts, you've been noticing I've been talking about uh, the gospel Uh, Christianity compared or being a Christian compared to being a believer. I started off talking about uh, this article or this this video I've seen where by CBN Christian Broadcasting Network where it was critiquing or had a survey about youngsters, why so many youngsters are uh, falling away from the faith or you know, they're leaving their Christian faith and stuff like that. I started off with that and uh then I gave my opinion of what I feel about that or what I think is going on partially with that. And then I talked about other areas of the difference between a Christian and a believer and why I don't use the term Christian anymore 
like I used to in the past because of the looseness and abuse of using Christianity. Many faiths, when I say faiths, I'm not talking about uh, as in the body of Christ. I'm just talking about someone that has a religious or spiritual faith. They see Christian in this, or they see Christian in in a way that's probably different than the true biblical body of Christ. Or they have a certain interpretation of what a Christian is with the mixture of what they read out of the Bible or what people teach, etc. Or, you know, a lifestyle. Or they, you have some people that believe in Christian dumb. That's the morals of Christianity that they get out of the Bible. So it's different ways that people look at Christians. Some people believe they are a Christian because they believe in the morals or they try to do good or they try to be nice to people or, you know, they go to church every Sunday or it might be mass if you Catholic and it might be other things. If you went to Judaism, most Judaism churches uh, don't consider themselves Christians uh, unless they are, uh, they call themselves a uh, uh, a Messianic Jew and different things like that. They don't really somewhat call themselves Christians, but they might say uh, Messianic Jews. Where you going? Where I'm going with this is the term Christian is used so loosely. The majority of the time, it's out of place uh, when it's used. Now, the term Christian itself, the term Christian itself doesn't necessarily mean it's a believer that's part of the body of Christ, if you follow what I'm saying. So that's why I, I don't use it as much because Christian is only used a few times in the Bible. Uh, <clears throat> the, uh, the book of Acts, the, the day of Antioch in, Paul, in Paul's time when it was a transition the term was used as a derogatory, a bad name, a Christ follower, because the followers of Jesus, when he was on earth and after his death, were not called Christians. They were just called believers or disciples. And then laid on down the line, the ones of that way, the ones that follow and believe who Jesus was and believe he rose again and stuff like that. Not so much for salvation, but they believed in that way. So they was mainly called believers or disciples, disciples, uh, the followers of Christ or something like that, you know, laid on down the line. The term Christian was just a negative term that they call anyone that was following Christ. It's, it's, it means Christ-like. You're trying to walk like Christ. You're trying to follow the ways of Jesus, the anointed one. They knew Christ as the anointed one, okay? So that's what that means, the Greek term anointed one. Christ means the anointed one. And they're trying to follow the one, the anointed one, Christ-like, okay? The term was first used, I think it was Acts 11 at, in Antioch, going towards the transition into the Apostle Paul's ministry to the Gentiles. The transition from the Kingdom of the Heaven program to the Gospel of the Grace of God program, which is two different Gospels, okay? Uh, it was mentioned by, uh, I think, one of the kings mentioned one time when he told Paul, are you trying to persuade me or are you trying to convince me to be a, a Christian? See, the term Christian, uh, just remember, it was Christ-like. You're trying to uh, convince me to be one of those Christ followers. That's what the term meant. You know, it wasn't 
ordained by Paul to start calling everybody Christian. Paul did not make up the name Christian. Peter did not make up the name Christian. Nothing like that. Christian was used by probably another, I don't know what it was. It was maybe a Jew or a Gentile that called the followers of Jesus a Christian or Christ-likeness. You know, so, and then Peter used the term Christian. So it's, it was, it's, it's just remember, it was a derogatory name. It wasn't an uplifting name in the Bible definition of being a Christian. Then you have many things. The Christian name got popular. It stretched. And the, the studies saying the people of the way or the disciples or the believe the disciples, which is the 12, 12 became apostles later on. You didn't hear the term disciple used as much going from the kingdom. Paul did not use disciples in his ministry going towards the Gentiles. That was something that was used under the kingdom program, okay? In Jesus' earthly ministry and led on through the disciples' ministry before they became apostles, okay? So, disciple and a Christian are not the same, see? A disciple is a biblical name, meaning the, 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 the learned ones. They was under a certain teacher, which was Jesus, they was being discipled. They was being taught. They was being mentored. So a disciple was called a disciple, not a Christian. The name Christian didn't come till after Christ's death when he died. Okay, not before. The name wasn't even heard of. He was still on earth through the four Gospels. That's why you never see the name Christian in the four Gospels. Now, the confusion with that term Christian it, it went on through the years and years, the hundreds and hundreds and even thousands of years. That name was started stretching broadly to different faiths and beliefs. People that followed the morals or tried to follow the morals of the Bible, whether they was a, they was they believed what Jesus done for them, or they just believed in the morals of Christianity, which I, I lean lean towards the latter. That many of them was not saved, you know under Paul's gospel, you know, mainly Gentiles, but they believed in the morals of Christianity and acting, they believed in all that they got a they that 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 kingdom program came back in and it made a confusion under the Paul's program and everything. So everything started going back work. So basically everybody that called themselves a Christian, this is my definition of little history I know, it was based on they believed in Jesus Christ. They know what he done, and they believed in the morals of the Bible, Bible and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? So that's how that name got stretched. It wasn't God didn't call everybody a Christian. It wasn't a term Jesus used. It was a term the world used, or mainly the Gentile. I believe it was a Gentile or that call, or it could have been a Jew. I don't know. It was, the Bible wasn't specific. It could have been a Jew that used that term Christ-like or Christian, you know. So, just remember that when it comes to Christian or the word Christianity, that's the way that people know someone from the faith or is a believer. See, the, the, that name is so strong and so broad around the world. You could just say, I'm a Christian. The majority of people know what a Christian is, or they think they know what a Christian is. 
for what they read or what they heard or whatever. Whatever faith they're in, they know that term Christian. They have an idea what a Christian is. If they don't even believe in Jesus, they have the idea or they think they have a full idea or a partial idea what a Christian is because that name is well known worldwide in all languages. You understand what I'm saying? The word Christian. That don't mean everybody is a Christian that say they're Christian, but they know the term Christian Doma Christianity. It's so broad. But if you ask somebody or tell somebody that I'm a believer or I'm Christ-like or I'm part of the, are you part of the body of Christ? If I tell somebody I'm part of the body of Christ, they will look at me like I'm an alien. Most people, what do you mean? The body of Christ? They probably would be, they, most of them would think when I say body, they the first thing coming in their mind would probably be a physical body because they don't know what I'm talking about. A physical body. They don't know the spiritual access of when a body is used, even in Jesus' earthly ministry, when he said, you will eat my flesh and drink my blood, they thought of it as really literally doing that. So a lot of them turned away from Christ because they didn't understand the spiritual access of what he was, you know, aspects of what he was talking about. But that's what's talking, that's, Jesus was talking about his body his sacrifice and different things like that. Now, the body of Christ is a spiritual church for today. It's not the kingdom church. The kingdom church under Jesus' earthly ministry and uh, the apostles was not a spiritual church, okay? They was mainly physical. They was a national church. The body of Christ is an individually spiritual church. It's a like an organism, a body. It has the head, the neck, the shoulders, and everything, that's separate, but it's a spiritual body. And the only one breaks that down is the Apostle Paul. So the true definition of a believer, the way I look at it in Christ, is the assembly, which means the church. Part of the assembly, part of the church. What church? The body of Christ, because there are several churches that's used in the Bible. Definition of church. You have the church of the wilderness. You have the messianic church, the kingdom program, and you have the church, the body of Christ, which means assembly. They might use interchangeable ecclesia, but it means assembly, the gathering of people. Okay? But when it comes to the church for the body of Christ, it's a spiritual now, it's physical bodies, of course, but when it comes to the nature of spirituality, to be in Christ, it's, it's called the body of Christ church, not the so-called Christian church. That's why I say you got to know the difference. I understand the metaphor, but when it comes to the church today, you have to say, well, the Christian church, because most of the Christian name is not part of the body of Christ. So it's okay not it's okay not to say I'm a, it's okay to say I'm not a Christian, but I am part of the body of Christ. Oh, I'm Christ. I'm a Christ follower. See, now I'm not telling, and no, and no means I'm not telling you to not say that you're not a Christian. My point is, you need to know the definition of Christian. It was just a bad name used, and we didn't have to use it. It got used so much, just like names catch on to different things. When you call, you can start a coup, not a coup, but you can start a group or some type of uh, a way you act, and people give it a name. 
and that name just stretches. That does not mean that's what it is. It's just a name that they put on you. You understand what I'm saying? So you got different names, different groups started by a name. Okay. So the the name Christian don't make you. A name Christian, just saying I'm a Christian, does not mean you're part of the body of Christ. You, you understand what I'm saying? Now, if I say I'm a Christian, I am the part of the body of Christ. My main definition is part of the body of Christ. I'm the new creature. I'm Christ. They call me Christ-like, but I'm part of the body of Christ. I put more emphasis on a believer of Christ, a part of the body of Christ, more than I put emphasis now on saying Christian, because Christian is being abused and loosed. Loose is everywhere, okay? I wanted to get that long breakdown about Christian, you know. Uh, so don't get stuck on that so much, you know. People... Are you a Christian or I got Christian ways or they get they live a life the world, but they say I'm a Christian. What they mean is they believe in somewhat the Christian morals. They don't mean that they are born in Christ. You see what I'm saying? That don't mean they're part of the church of today, under the teachings of the Apostle Paul, which is the body of Christ, okay? Now a lot of you probably never heard that, but that's a history. You need to know your history of names and terms the Christian saying I'm a Christian with most people don't mean that they're part of the church the body of Christ they might think they are because of their uh, perception or their interpretation of what a Christian is but the majority of them are not saved the majority of them are not part of the body of Christ you know oh that's that's what I mean by that so that's why you need to ask questions and ask somebody, how did you become saved? How you know you saved? How you know you somewhat this Christian? And most of them, you will find out, sadly, that they are not saved. Sadly. All right. I'm talking about self-made Christians. You can't self-made you make yourself in the body of Christ. You can't self-make yourself a new creature because that's a supernatural thing only the Holy Spirit can do. But you can call yourself a Christian and still go to hell because you're not part of the body of Christ. Is that confusing? If I, you understand what I'm saying with that? So be careful with that. That's all I'm saying. I choose not to use it as much. I use it interchangeably as a believer or you know let me give you another example then I'm get back to what I want to talk about, finish up on. The famous uh, the famous line that many believers, whether they are Christian or not, or they think they're Christian, but the famous line, let me just say a believer that's confused about the Gospels of Peter and Paul, especially in the Pentecostal churches, they use the term, are you a born again Christian. You ever heard that somebody use that term? I'm a born again Christian. I used to use it because I didn't know no better. I didn't understand the term born again. That got wore out. And it's amazing how a lot of the words, names that's used for Christianity today are only used a few times in the Bible. I think born again is used, what, two, three times? 
Nick, uh, Jesus, when he talked about it with Nicodemus, I think Peter used born again. I really don't know too many. Uh, <clears throat> they might have been around it, but to use the term born again, it's not used that much in the Bible, only a few times. But you would not know that you would think that's born again means salvation, which born again does not. But also born again uh, does not mean I already said salvation, but born again does not mean that uh, you are a Christian or that's the way to be saved. You have to be born again. But we was brought up that way traditionally and religiously to believe that's part of the program of being a, 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 a the name Christian. So those two names, Christian and born again, are very popular in the church today, especially the Pentecostal charismatic churches. And a lot of Baptist churches used born again. A lot of the churches used born again and Christian. Not so much the body of Christ or a believer in Christ. It's usually Christian or born again. See, two uh, names that's barely used in the Bible. So I wanted to get that out there. So I want you to think about that now. <clears throat> born again and going into Christian was Bailey coming up from the uh, the kingdom program, uh, not the grace program under the Apostle Paul. Okay, so when I turn, you hit a term born again. They're not they're using a term that's used for Israel because Israel had to be reborn because that's I'm not going to get too deep in that, but, but Israel is God's first son. You might say, I thought it was Jesus. That's going to take another connecting the dots teaching. But believe me, let's just listen to what I'm saying. The born again is for the kingdom program, the church, the reborn of Israel, because we, God called, I think in the book of Isaiah, called his uh, Israel his first son. So when Israel rebelled and was disobedient to God, you know, they lost a lot of privileges and everything. So they have to be born again. When Jesus told Nicodemus, that's what he mean when he said, ye, ye means you all, which is Israel, you must be born again. The only way they could be born again, they had to be born first, which is a spiritual thing, a nation. They, when God created them through Abraham, they became a nation. They was God's first son. They don't down the line when they when they went out of unbelief, they lost that privilege even today. So they must be born again and God will rejuvenate them. You know, they will be born again. But the body of Christ is a new creature, never was born. The body of Christ was freshly new. It's like a, I, I made this analogy of before. You have a car. Let me just say, you have used cars, you have new cars. You have an old car that broke down and you had to rebuild the engine and rebuild it and refurbish it. No matter how good that car look at how good it runs, it's still a refurbished car. It's not new. You understand what I'm saying? The car or the vehicle or the, even a computer, it's not new. It's rebuilt or refurbished, they like to call it, compared to a new car built from scratch. Broke down with the pay, you know the instructions, then it built up and became new uh, compared to a new car. So the, you have to look at that way when it comes to the church. The kingdom of heaven church is the born again church. They have to be reborn, and they will. 
the body of Christ is a new church, a new creature. You see the difference, okay? So I want to throw that out there for a lot of this. A lot of you probably, I tr- I'm trying to say it as plainly and layman as I can. And I hope you understand what I'm saying when it comes to the two churches. Okay. Uh, I forgot why I went there. But you have to understand words and concepts when it comes to the body of Christ. You got to know the difference of the churches. It's very important to know that if you want to grow, and God, you have to know what program and what uh, dispensation you are in. That's why it's very important to learn how to rightly divide the churches. See, because all through the Bible, all through the 66 books, everybody did not get saved the same way. And that's another trick from Satan. And that's why you have so many denominations and so many faiths. They are everywhere in the Bible. They're based in salvation. The way God worked through people, you know, in the past, prophets, the judges, and how he done things. They just put it all together like it's one. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions. And it's because that occasional shave really hurts the time of year for big occasions and yet there he is suffering with that cheap drugstore razor let's help him out henson shavings line of razors built with aerospace precision deliver a smooth shave your dad brother and even son can enjoy eventually with replacement blades just 10 cents each you'll buy it once and they'll use it for life how's that for the perfect gift celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase and no subscription headaches hensonshavingcom slash holiday it's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Big church. That's the same thing that's happening now with the world. Different names of churches. They call themselves that name for a reason. Just like I was talking about Christianity. None of it is ordained by God. They just give themselves a name for a reason. Assemblies of God, Church of God, Christ, Southern Baptist, Seven Day of Venice, you know, the Lutheran Church is named after somebody or what they believe what the Bible is calling them to do. And it becomes church, church. That's when I call them Christendom. And that's the majority of the world looks at the church. They look at every church as one church. Now, that would be very good if everybody was in one accord. Under the teachings of the day, the Apostle Paul, that will be the true church in the body of Christ. And the the problem with that, most people that call themselves a church are not in the body of Christ, which is the church. So they use the church, mainly buildings, as names. And they are not part of the body of Christ. So when you hear the word Christendom, Christian, and the church, Usually newscasters, uh, mainstream casters, they look at everyone as the church. I'm part of the Catholic Church, the Lutheran Church, this type of church, whatever. They're looking at everybody, everything as the whole church. It's that universal church type of way that many the world looks at church, okay? 
You understand what I'm saying? Okay. Now, I want to finish off on something. And uh, <clears throat> what I'm going to talk about now is something I finished up. Remember, I, uh, I was using AI. AI is acronyms, of course, for artificial intelligence. About the difference between the Gospels and et cetera and stuff like that. And uh, you have many AI services on the Internet. The one now you got uh, ChatGPT. You got so many AIs now, man, it's scary. But the free one that I'm using is called Bard, B-A-R-D, Bard. I don't know why they call it that. I'm not adding digging all that, but I just use it because it's free, not because I like the name. <laughs> but it's called Bard. I use Chat, and I use one called AI, and Bard is free. And I asked them certain questions and definitions and, you know, the, about the gospel and Paul and Peter. And to get to get uh, uh, to, uh, to find out what happened on those questions in AI, just uh, uh, what you have to do, you have to go to those last few podcasts where I, I really test AI. Artificial intelligence that digs up a lot of information off the internet. And I just tested around when it came to salvation. What what's uh what's the requirements of being saved today? And I just broke that down. So I'm not gonna get into all that now. I will not do that, uh, but I want you to go back and listen to those previous podcasts and you'll know what I'm talking about when I use AI. Now, what I'm gonna talk about today, I got a little more specific. And I didn't go to Bard. I went to uh, Ask AI, which is not ChatGPT. Now these are paid AI programs. That's they're not a lot. You can pay four ninety nine a week or thirty nine a year. They got a special thirty nine a year. You know, I tried them out, whatever like that. But I'm not paying for them. But they are free. But if you want. Uh, longer questions and more information, whatever you want to look up, you know, you get at least uh, three times to ask AI certain questions and stuff like that, you know. But so I said, let me just go to AI and let me ask certain questions. So the questions I asked AI, that's what I'm going to talk about right now. And uh, then I'm going to break down why I find this fascinating, not AI, which it is, it's very fascinating. Uh, about AI, but the information that this AI dug up uh, pertaining to uh, the different teachings of Peter and Paul, the gospel and stuff like that. I asked AI out of curiosity to see what AI was come up with, would come up with, and I compare it of what most believers or so-called Christian dumb believe about the gospel. I'm going to get into that. Be right back. Okay, I took a little break there, but I am back. You probably didn't notice, but I paused myself out. Okay, but let's get back to this. I'm going to get right into this. And this is very interesting. And it's kind of fun. Believers, we can have fun. Believers, we, we can't have fun when it comes to the word of God. And what I have done, I... It, I could have done it through Google, but what makes it so better when you use the AI, AI is more faster. It's instantly 
comes up with information. That's the amazing thing about AI. So it can be used for good, but I know in the future, AI will be used for evil because whatever you can use for good, you you know it's going to be used for evil. That's part of the system. AI is becoming so powerful now that many people, you go on YouTube or Facebook, you'll see all these AI programs used for everything now. People don't want to use their own knowledge anymore. Remember the Bible talks about knowledge will increase. We are the time of and we are in that time of increased knowledge. And many people use like the Alexa and Sirius. They don't do the old fashioned manually uh, history checking no more when they want to find information because you have so much of AI and technology now they can find that history for you fast. And so you can advance in a lot of things, business and uh, knowledge of history of, uh, of the Bible or whatever faith that you're in. Hopefully it's just Christian, but I'm just using it as, as a term of AI. So that's why I believe it's going to, on the long run, and this is my opinion, the AI is going to become so big that might be one of the setups of the image of the beast because you have you do have robots now. Once upon a time, over 10 years ago, you wouldn't even think about that, but they, are, they have robots now. They have virtual people. They have all that now. So we in that time, man, the church is so close to getting tucking out, man. I don't I don't see me being here and the rest of the church, the body of Christ, in other words, here any longer. And I'm going to put something out there. This is not a prediction. I'm not predicting when they're catching the way of the church is going to happen. But I don't see us being here in the next five years. I really don't. Even maybe before that, I just don't see the church being here in the next five years. And that's why it's very important for people to be saved, that we need to talk about people, about Jesus. I need to tell you that's listen to me, that's not saved, the importance to getting your life together for Jesus. Now, you can do your physical savings because there's a lot of things that's going to happen, happen with banks and it is happening with banks and stuff like that. And there's a lot of movements that's going on all at one time. And these are just, like to me, I call them birth pains. These are just signs that's going into the millennium kingdom. Remember, I didn't say the church, the body of Christ. Remember, the body of Christ is a mystery. So whenever you start seeing these things and you look at it as pertaining going into the last days, into the millennium kingdom, running into the tribulation era and these certain signs, which was prophesied and foretold and prophecy, the hidden church, the body of Christ, which is not going to be going through none of that stuff, has to be gone. So when you see those things happening, coming close, you know the body of Christ is going to be tucking out before all that worseness even happened, you know, because the body of Christ is not part of the, the chastisement that, that's going to come on Israel. Remember, we are the new creature. We are the new church, you know. We don't we don't we didn't do the things that the nationality of Israel done. So God will not put us in that. That's why it talks about Romans say, therefore there's no condemnation. And the other parts of the Bible say we're not under the wrath. What wrath is he talking about? He's talking about his seven year tribulation wrath that he's gonna pull out on part of the punishment, the last chastisement on the nation of Israel and whoever is left here that didn't accept his son's death, burial, resurrection. The new creature, the body of Christ, is gonna get tucking out before it starts. Okay, I'm not here to talk 
talk about the end times, which is one of my, I love talking about uh, end time events. Okay. The church is not going to be in most of the end time events. End times is basically, it's for the ones that's left here, not the body of Christ. Okay. So we're not prophesied. There's no prophecy for the church because we're a mystery church. I know you're confused. That's why I want you to be saved so you can be spiritually made alive and you'll know what I'm talking about. Okay. Let's go straight to this. These are the questions I asked AI. Now, if you want to uh, see the programs on other questions before this one, I asked, go to the last two podcasts, which is very interesting, but I'm going to break down why this interests me so much when it's pertaining to how people look at the church or the gospel and stuff like that blindly. And I'm going to break down even AI and the information it digs up off the internet is going to show you something that most churches still, they're either purposely blind by the enemy or they refuse to believe. It's one or the other. So this is what I got out of AI. Let me get set up here. Uh, because I'm not a very good multitasking person. So let's let's go straight here. Take this out and go to my history on Ask AI. Remember the last few ones, I, the last few uh, shows I was using Bard uh, AI, but this AI I'm using now is called Ask AI. So let's go to the first question that, uh, let me go, get to the right place. Okay. Uh, all right. <clears throat> now, this is what I asked Ask AI. Very, you have to be very specific when you ask AI questions. You know, AI might sound like I'm talking about a person, but no, I'm just saying this is artificial intelligence. You have to be specific when you ask a question, and it's amazing how this stuff comes up. So you can use AI for good. That's the beautiful part for learning history and stuff like that and putting in something and letting it focus and find it and stuff like that because AI is not here for no favoritism from somebody. For now, it doesn't favor favor certain people. It's an information uh, computer. That whatever information you ask, it, it gives you the information and stuff like that. Now, they might, they're going to rig it. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Later on, I have no doubt. I think it's going to be part of the image and all that stuff, and it's going to be real. But for now, you can use it for 
good before because it's kind of somewhat new and when the evil hands get a hold to it they're going to try to control it you cannot control it but you can put information up in there and create certain information with this system that's how good and how scary it is so you can't fall in love with it okay but this is what i asked ai all right do peter and paul preach the same gospel simple question do peter and paul preach the same gospel this is what ai came up with listen closely very interesting now you know the majority of the church believe peter and paul preached the same gospel the majority of the church i want to put that out there believe peter and paul preached the same gospel is that true let's ask ai now the bible breaks it down to itself already that it's not true but many people can't see that because of denominational tradition you know that blinds them to the truth so this is what ai came out with and i asked this question do peter and paul preach the same gospel very simple this is ai's answer peter and paul both preach the gospel of jesus christ but they have slightly different emphasis and perspectives you don't even now i'm gonna start you don't even hear that much in the church saying that you really don't but now let me let me continue not break down it later because this is going to go on for probably close to an hour hopefully not that long but this is very important to understand and learn this this is this is a light bible study on bible body of christ real talk okay <laughs> peter and paul both preached the gospel of jesus christ but they had slightly different emphasis and perspectives peter was one of the 12 apostles who had been with jesus during his earthly ministry all true and his preaching focused on the importance of repentance faith and obedience to jesus as the messiah and lord correct ai is correct on that now on the other hand paul was an apostle who had not known jesus personally during his earthly ministry but had encountered him in a vision on the road to damascus paul's preaching emphasized the grace of god and the significance of faith in jesus christ as the means of salvation so let's read this again i want you to really pay attention read this again if you use ai do the same thing my advice is use the free AI and just ask these questions. You'll be amazed what you come up with. Let me go over this again. Peter and Paul both preached the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yes, they did. But they had slightly different emphasis and perspectives. Peter was one of the 12 apostles who had been with Jesus during his earthly ministry and his preaching focused on the importance of repentance, faith, and obedience to the Jesus as the Messiah and Lord. That's all true when it comes to Peter ministry. Paul, on the other hand, was an apostle who had not known Jesus personally during his earthly ministry, but had encountered him in a vision on the road to Damascus. Paul's preaching emphasized the grace of God and the significance of faith in Jesus Christ as the means of salvation. Now, just reading that paragraph, you see the difference. I'm, I'm going somewhere with you. You see the difference of their approach. I like to call it approach when it came to the gospel. Different type of approaches. Very important to know. Continuing. Despite these differences in emphasis, Peter and Paul were in agreement on the essential elements of the gospel message. 
a worthy, hmm, okay, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God who came to save humanity from sin and death, and he died on the cross for our sins, and that he rose from the dead on the third day. Both Peter and Paul preached this message with great fervor and convictions, and their teachings continue to inspire the guide to guide Christians today. Now, that's where the error come in. The AI missed it on this, and most churches miss it on it. This is incredible. Most churches miss it as well. Peter and Paul, let me go again. Christ, now, despite these differences of their approaches of the gospel and emphasis, Peter and Paul was in agreement on the essential elements of the gospel uh, message that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Now, both, did Peter and Paul both believe that? That's true. Yes, they did. Who came to save humanity from sin and death, and he died on the cross for our sins. Now, Peter found that out later. He did not know that before. That was hidden from Peter in the Gospels. I, I can't get into that now. But later on, Peter found out why Jesus came for the whole world, but he didn't know that before because it focuses on Israel. Okay, so for the sake of trying to get through this, let me continue reading, but it's important that I get that out there so you can understand. And that he rose from the dead on the third day, and both Peter and Paul preached the message, preached this message with great fervor and conviction. Now, the error with that, Peter did not preach that message. Peter's message with the previous article I just read from AI was repentance, been baptized, a set of stuff like that. Now, Paul preached that message, that the death and burial resurrection of Jesus Christ. Both of them didn't go out preaching that message. So that's the little error. And see, I'm, I'm comparing what AI's is, he's verified, AI, he or she, whatever you want to call him, non-binary. <laughs> let me stop there. But it, let me just say it, it, from what from the information that it this AI because it's not a person this it you know this machine this intelligence gets its information over the views and the beliefs all around the world and the internet encyclopedias dictionaries all that stuff and what's amazing it comes up with the same thing they still even though AI talks about the difference somewhat even though it says slightly different in, in perspectives or I like to say approach they still come to the conclusion even AI that Peter and Paul preached the same message going forward which they did not Paul was the one that preached the death burial resurrection to the nations, the Gentiles, not Peter. Peter, it was hard for Peter to comprehend. Peter went and started preaching more to his people, the kingdom, repentance and all that and stuff like that. Not the death, burial, resurrection, but who believed in who Jesus was and what they must do. So that's somewhat of a error on that one. But it's good. Let's, this is the second question I asked AI. And I asked him to break it down on an essay, like an essay. Okay, now the on the difference between the gospel, I asked an AI to do an essay on the difference between the gospel of the kingdom of heaven versus the gospel of the grace of God. Oh, my sinus! I hate when I 
get to talking about sinus, get the clogging up. So excuse me for those sick sounds. I, I hate them too. And I hate to, okay, let me keep going. All right. Now, the answer AR is going to get, the majority of churches don't believe there is a difference. Really, they don't believe there's a difference. So I thought I'd ask AI, because anything, they, he's going to, it is going to break down by history and stuff like that. And let me read it. You're going to be probably not amazed, but check this out. Many churches still put them together, but check out AI. The question is, what's the difference between the gospel of the kingdom of heaven versus the gospel of the grace of God? Two different gospels. Do AI understand that there are these are two different gospels, or is AI uh, information from the, uh, the world the same as what the church thinks today? which is very obvious they're different, but does AI, is AI caught up in that? Let's find out. Now, AI says the gospel of the kingdom of heaven and the gospel of the grace of God are both important aspects of Christian faith. Hmm, okay. But they emphasize different aspects of the message of salvation. Now, you notice it didn't say there was two different ways of being saved. It just said different aspects of the message of salvation, almost like it's playing with words. But let me continue. Let me get AI a chance. Let me continue. Now, the gospel of the kingdom of heaven, as preached by Jesus and his disciples, emphasized the coming of God's kingdom and the need for repentance and obedience. That's true. The gospel, this gospel focuses on the idea that God's kingdom has come near and that people should turn away from their sins and submit themselves to the rule of God. Now, AI says people, but it wasn't people. It was a certain group of people, which was Jews. So I'm going to put Jews in there. Okay, so Jews should turn away from their sins and submit themselves to the rule of God. Jesus often used parables and other illustrations to explain what the kingdom of heaven was like and how people could enter it. He keeps saying people. Okay, but um, let me stop being picky. But I'm, I'm trying to go somewhere with this. Now, I want you to I'm a, I'm a, I replace that people with mostly Jews, Israel, how they can get into the kingdom because Jesus wasn't talking to the Gentiles, you know, unless they proselyted. But that's another teaching and how the Jews can enter in it. He emphasized the importance of loving God with all one's heart, soul, mind and strength and loving one's neighbor as oneself. Now, Jesus emphasized more than that, but that is part of what he talked about to the Jewish people. Now he goes down to the gospel of the grace of God. The gospel of the grace of God, as preached by the apostle Paul, emphasizes the idea that salvation is a free gift from God, given by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. This gospel focuses on the fact that people are saved not by their own efforts or good works, but by the grace of God through faith in Jesus Christ. Paul emphasized that salvation was available to all people, regardless of their background or ethnicity, and that it was not something that could be earned or deserved. Hit it right on the nail, the nail on the head. AI, you got it on Paul. You got it on Paul. Now, when you read these two definitions, do you see the same gospel? 
Do you see the same gospel? I'm going to go over one more time. The kingdom of heaven, as preached by, listen carefully, by Jesus, which is true, and his disciples, emphasizes the coming of God's kingdom and the need for what? Repentance and obedience, which is what? We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Works. That's a, that was a requirement for salvation. That's the only way they got sal- saved in the kingdom program. Repentance and works. This gospel, which is the kingdom gospel, focuses on the idea that God's kingdom has come near and that people should turn away from their sins. People meaning the Jews needed, it was a cleansing for the Jews if they don't turn away from their sins. Repentance, remission of sins, present sins, their sins, and submit themselves to the rule of God. Jesus often used parables and other illustrations to explain what the kingdom of heaven was like and how people could enter it. He emphasized the importance of loving God with all one's heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving one's neighbor as oneself. That's one of the things he talked about. Now, let's go back to the gospel of the grace of God by ushered in through Jesus through the Apostle Paul. The gospel of the grace of God, as preached by the Apostle Paul, emphasizes the idea that salvation is free, a free gift from God. Remember, barred, when I used barred, I barred and used free. It just said a gift. But AI is more, I think, sophisticated than barred, the way when I use both of them. Free gift, good, free gift, God given by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Now, did free gift mean, okay, let me continue. This gospel focuses on the fact that people are saved not by their own efforts. Okay, people, the world, Paul focuses on the Gentiles mainly, focuses on the fact that people are saved not by their own efforts or good works. Now, that's a different than the kingdom program. They had to repent. They had to do this. and They had to do this. Plus, they was under the law. But by the grace of God, through faith in Jesus Christ, Paul emphasized that salvation was available to all people, all nations, which is true regardless of their background or ethnicity. That's true, too, because the majority of the Jews' ethnicity, you had to be Jewish. and But you can get saved through their kingdom, but you have to be proselyted to follow their, uh, their, their, their covenants and stuff like that. So, so, But Paul's gospel didn't matter. It was for any ethnicity or background, which is true, and that it was not something that could be earned or deserved. Good breakdown, AI. Let me continue. While the gospel of the kingdom of heaven emphasizes the need for repentance and obedience, the gospel of the grace of God emphasizes the free gift of salvation that is available to all who believe. You hear that? This is from an artificial intelligence now, not a church. 
building-wise, not a church building-wise, not a denominational belief. But check this out. Read it again. While the gospel of the kingdom of heaven, emphasizing a certain gospel, emphasizes the need for repentance and obedience, which is works. The gospel of the grace of God emphasizes the free gift of salvation that is available to all who believe. Without even digging any further, it's plain and simple, are two different gospels, right? They're not the same. Okay, continue reading. Both aspects of the gospel are important. That's very true. I'm saying that. I'm not saying he's AI is saying that both aspects of the gospel are important and together they provide a complete picture of the message of salvation. I'm going to go back to that. The gospel of the kingdom of heaven reminds us of the importance of living in life of obedience to God. While the gospel of the grace of God reminds us that salvation is a free gift that we cannot earn or deserve. I don't care how AI try to put it, that even this intelligence cannot deny that there are two different gospels. They're not together. Okay, let me continue reading. So in conclusion, the gospel of the kingdom of heaven and the gospel of and put emphasis on the and the gospel of the kingdom of heaven and the gospel of the grace of God are both important aspects of Christian faith. There's the word Christian, okay? While they emphasize different aspects, while they what? While they emphasize different aspects, let me say that one more time. While they emphasize different aspects of the message of salvation, huh? They work together to provide a complete picture of the message of salvation. Wrong. <laughs> Joe, you might say wrong. They do not work together. It's like oil and water. It's like oil and water. That's why they're separated. That's why they don't work together. One was for prophecy, was for Israel, which is past and going to come back in the future. One is for today. God did not use both of them at the same time. That's how the church today used both of them. That's why so many denominations and confusion because they use both. A believer will look at this, even though it's correct what it's saying, and will look at only the conclusion and just say, well, the gospel of the kingdom of heaven and the gospel of the grace of God, that's two gospels. But at the same time, they're saying it's one, but they're putting two gospels together. The gospel of the kingdom of heaven and the gospel of the grace of God are two gospels. Both of, both of them are true. Both of them can save. But one is for the past, prophecy, and one is for today. Wow, you see that? <laughs> you see that? Okay, let me keep going for the sake of time. All right. Now, this is the third question. I hope you guys enjoying this, young men, men and ladies enjoying this, because you should be out of this right here. You should see the difference and understand why I teach the way I teach. Okay, so uh, to ask AI to write an essay or the Kingdom of Heaven program was under the law, while the Gospel of Grace program was not under the law. Remember, you got to be specific how you ask AI to get the best information they can bring up. If not, they're going to come up with all kinds of stuff because why? They didn't understand your question. So you got to be specific when you ask AI. And some AI programs are more 
sophisticated than us. I think this is more a little bit more advanced. I could be wrong than Bard, B-A-R-D. So this is Ask AI, something like ChatGPT. Okay, I asked them ASA to break down in an essay. The difference between the kingdom, kingdom of heaven program was under the law while the gospel, see, this is me saying this. The kingdom of heaven program was under the law while the gospel of the grace program was not under the law. One was works and the other one was grace by faith alone. Now, let's see what AI came up with. This is very interesting. Now, this is the answer from AI. The answer to your question, the kingdom of heaven program and the gospel of the grace program are two distinct phases in God's plan for the redemption of humanity. Let me read that again. This is not from the church buildings or leaders. This is from AI, which gets it. The kingdom of heaven program and the gospel of grace program are two distinct phases in God's plan. Or you could say two distinct different phases in God's plan for the redemption of humanity. Now, is that true? Partially. But you got to understand the uh, what why was the kingdom of heaven program, et cetera, and why was the grace of God. Let me let it not get ahead of myself. I got to have it doing that. Continuing, continue. The kingdom of heaven program was under the law and was based on works, while the gospel of grace program is not under the law and is based on grace and faith. Listen to the last word, alone. You see where I'm going with this. Self-explanatory. Our intelligence can search all this stuff and find it plain and simple. The Kingdom of Heaven program and the Gospel of Grace program are two distinct or different phases in God's plan for the redemption of humanity. They don't work together. They are not simultaneously together like most churches use it. That's why there's so much confusion and denominations. The Kingdom of Heaven program was under the law and was based on works, a works program, that's true, while the Gospel of Grace program is not under the law and is based on grace and faith alone. That is true. Both of them are true. Two different Gospels. Let me continue. The Kingdom of Heaven program was inaugurated by God through his covenant with Israel which was established in Mount Sinai or Mount Sinai. The covenant was based on the law, which God gave to Israel through Moses. The law was a set of rules and regulations that governed every aspect of Israel's life, including their worship, their relationship with one another, and their relationship with God. The law required obedience and adherence to its commands. And those who failed to keep it were subject to punishment. This is the kingdom program for salvation. Okay, let's go. Now let's continue to the kingdom. The kingdom of heaven program was focused on Israel and their relationship with God. I'm reading this so like this so you can hear these names, okay? The kingdom of heaven program was focused on Israel and their relationship with God. It was a program that was based on works, uh, 
where people earned, listen to that closely, earned their salvation through obedience to the law. Let me read that again. The Kingdom of Heaven program was based on works, where people earned their salvation through obedience to the law. The program was limited to Israel, and it was intended to prepare them for the coming of the Messiah. All true. All true. That's, in a nutshell, the Kingdom of Heaven program. So now, let's look at the Gospel of the Grace of God program under the Apostle Paul, the other Gospel. Now, reading, the Gospel of the Great of Grace program, on the other hand, is not under the law and is based on grace and faith alone. Let me read that again. The Gospel of the Grace program, Gospel of, I keep saying other grace, but the Gospel of Grace program, on the other hand, is not under the law and is based on Grace and faith alone. It was inaugurated by God through the death, listen to this closely, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, this is the why. You compare to both whys, I'm going to go back to that. And it is available to all people, to all nations, mainly Gentiles, as Gentiles and Jews, regardless of their ethnicity or background. The gospel of the grace of grace program keeps that other grace. The gospel of grace program is based on the idea that salvation is a free gift from God given by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Okay. Reading continually. Unlike the kingdom of heaven program, which was focused on works. You, are you getting this? One was works. One was by faith alone. One, you have to do something to get, save, and maintain your salvation. The other one was faith alone. Okay, listen to this, church. The Gospel of Grace program is based on faith. Faith in Jesus Christ is the only requirement for salvation. Now, I like to add this faith on what Jesus did, his death, burial, resurrection. So I'm adding it with that, but it's still pretty good. Faith on what Jesus did. And it is not something that can be earned or deserved through works. Listen, church. Listen, the gospel of grace program is not limited to Israel. That is also true. It is available to all who believe in Jesus Christ or the correct way, according to the Bible, believe what Jesus did for them. See, the world didn't have to believe who Jesus was. They could believe in Jesus Christ, but still would not get saved based only on that. They had to believe what Jesus done. See, that's the difference. Okay, continuing. In conclusion, now, I like to read this conclusion. The Kingdom of Heaven program was under the law and was based on works, while the Gospel of the Grace have I go again? The grace. While gospel of grace program is not under under the law and is based on grace and faith alone. The Kingdom of Heaven program was focused on Israel and their relationship with God. Correct. While the gospel of the gospel of grace program is available to all people, all nations, Jews and Gentiles, regardless of their ethnicity or background. Now, listen to this one. Both. It is say one. Two different programs. Both programs. So AI recognizes from its research that it's two different programs, two different gospels. That's why it says both. 
Okay, both programs are important aspects of God's plan for the redemption of humanity, and they work together to provide a complete picture of the message of salvation. True, true, true. Okay, why is I'm saying true? Both programs are important aspects of God's plan for the redemption of humanity, because both that was God's bold goal through both plans, which is correct. And they work together to provide a complete picture of the message of salvation. Both had the plan of salvation, but both are different gospels. One was mainly for Israel, one was mainly for the Gentiles. Wow. You see, you hear that. This is from AI. I want to, please, the one, don't take this lightly. Ask AI questions like that. If you on the fence about what is the gospel, what should you be learning or what should you be teaching? Just research. You don't have to go to AI, but Google it. If you want to be a student, a man and woman, student, mentor of, you know, mentored by the word of God. Now, all this stuff broke down right here is in your Bible. If you connect the dots. What do you mean? Connecting the dots is mean you have to research the Bible and learn how to put the puzzle together. The Bible is like a puzzle, okay? It don't tell you plainly all the time, but you can read it and you connect it. You can cross-reference. You can put the puzzle together. That's why I say connecting the dots. I call my show Connecting the Dots. When you do that, you will see it plainly. It's not hard to find the two different type of Gospels. Now, with all that said, Anybody that denies that there are two different Gospels, you're either blind, like Israel is blind today, you're either spiritually blind, not physically, but spiritually blind, or you are subjectively choosing not to believe it or accept it because you have more faith in your denominational traditional beliefs than what the Word of God is saying. Now, another issue is because a lot of different translations as well, they watered down certain wording. See, they watered down some worse than others. The only different translation I use for little plain, I don't get into deep theology on, is the living Bible. But I would not study and use that as my study Bible. The King James is my number one Bible. I think it's a lot of supernatural meaning in the King James that's not in a lot of other translations. I really believe that. God supernaturally works through the King James Bible for understanding more than any other translation. I believe that. That's my opinion. I don't have a fact. That's just my opinion. God did not use man to, to translate the word. He didn't use, you know, to break it down, go do all this just to say, okay, now here's 100 and 500 more different translations. That's why I believe the King James Bible, once you try to understand it yourself, it's got a supernatural spiritual aspect for the spirit, man, that you can only connect the dots in the King James Bible. I really believe that. You can disagree. That's okay. No love lost. But I, I look at another Trent Living Bible. I, I just, I can't can really connect because it's paraphrasing most of the times like we do. But I believe the King James, you could supernaturally connect the dots. You know, you could put things together better in the King James to come out with the true gospel. My opinion. Okay. All right. 
listeners, this is very important. Church, body of Christ. I'm not talking about denominations. If you are the denominations and you are part of the body of Christ, you are saved, then I'm talking to you, not your denomination. Rightly dividing is the key of understanding the word of God, especially the King James Bible. You might get tired of me saying that, but especially the King James Bible. Let me tell you about something. I got tablets and I use phone. I got Bibles on my phone. So it's really no excuse for nobody to be reading God's word, but I'm, I'm going somewhere with this. I got Bible, Bibles on my phone. I got the King James Bible, or I use a parallel to King James and the Living Bible. You know, that's what I do. I'm not telling anybody to do that, but I read it. I read it, and it got study notes and stuff there. It's right there. I don't get into commentaries a lot because commentaries, uh, I just don't. So it, most, a lot of commentaries, they come from some denominational, and they can't get out of that type of denominational traditional belief. So I, I'm very, very, very uh, limited on commentaries. Not against it, but I don't use commentaries a lot. I'm finding I don't need to. That's just me. <clears throat> on my phone and on my tablets. I have Bibles, paper Bibles, you know, the book form, excuse me, Bible. And my eyes are bad. I have bad eyes, so I need the large letters. I, I need the giant size, so I got giant size letters of Bible. I use the King James Bible that I have at work. I found myself, this is my story, part of my story. Even though I've done a lot of reading and uh, some some studying on my tablets and on my phone with the different notes that you can get to instantly and reading the Bible and the King James or whatever on your tablet, it's different, man. It's, it's kind of a, it's not the same as reading the Bible, the paperback Bible, King James. Now, this is me. I'm not saying you might have a different experience, but this is me. Lately, when I went back to my King James Bible, I found it very, uh, very uplifting hearing those pages turning and trying to find those books myself. I have a Bible that has the, what they call it, when they, they get certain sections you can just, uh, tabs that you can find. I don't even use the tabs because I just search it now. I just about know where these books are by what they yet. Just I just know going through them. I don't really need the tablets, you know. But when I get when I start reading only on uh uh my phone and a tablet, I I lost I, I got I, it slowed me down on how to find verses in the paper book of the Bible because I got too attached to my phone and the tablets. You understand what I'm saying? So now when I've studied the Bible now, and I, I go back to just reading a book Bible and studying it, and then I find out, and this is me, that man, my understanding is so much clearer when I read in the book form of the King James Bible compared to the phone Bible. That might sound a little woo or whatever like that, but I'm serious. Reading that form book Bible whether it's old or new, King James Bible, 
I seem to understand more. Now, the reason being also is I can write notes. See, my Bible got all kind of notes and passages and when the books was made and stuff like that that I wrote down myself, which I can do that on my phone even faster. But you have to keep turning the phone on. You got to keep digging and looking for it. And that slowed me down in my study. You would think it would speed you up, but it slows you down and make you lazy and you don't do as much searching, you know, and uh, like you do in a regular Bible. Like I used to, man, I used to have my Bible, I have my handbook, I have my com. I didn't use a concordance a lot, but I had a commentary, which I don't lose commentaries uh, close to at all now, but I had my, back then I had my handbook, I had my commentary, I had my Bible dictionary, which I still like. I had all that on my table and I felt a growth when I used those things with my Bible, my King James Bible and Bible study. So I know that most of my spiritual knowledge by the Holy Spirit came from me studying the Word of God that way compared to using technology and phones. See, that's my experience. If I'm ministering and I'm teaching to somebody, when I open up a tablet and I look for verses and I got to go through all the blackouts, you got to sometimes it blacks out too much. I found, I find it less enjoyable or my passion is not as strong when I just open up the word of God and just find those things myself. It's almost like I'm spiritually guided, you know, and I find certain verses and passages when I just open up the book itself. Now, this is my experience. So I'm saying to myself, man, I have to go back to my original Bible study, man, because I'm not studying this as much because I got too used to this. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday to those who visit mickey d's for their favorite breakfast item and then go somewhere else for coffee give this mickey d's brew a second chance the glow up was real try any size iced coffee brewed with 100 arabica beans for just 99 cents until 11 a.m and pair it with a savory sausage mcmuffin with egg for 279 prices and participation may vary cannot be combined with any other offer technology that I have a Bible sitting there with all my notes in it and it just sits there and it just sits there so when I go back to the word of God I feel the Holy Spirit now when I say feel I'm not going by my feelings you know and I don't I also don't deny my feelings at all I'm not saying you got to deny all your feelings I'm just saying I felt in my spirit because some things you do feel. All feelings are not bad, okay? I felt in my spirit, you know, that I will grow more if I go back to just regular 
using the Bible itself. Not saying not to use tablets and uh, which I don't hardly use my tablet no more when it comes to Bible or studying or and it's hard to do Bible study for me just using my phone because I got to keep going here and I got to keep tapping this and I don't my interest is not as into it like like it would be when I read the word of God and on paper and book form. You understand what I'm saying? I hope so. All right. I just wanted to throw that out there. You might want to think about that, you said, because we become so technology minded and sometimes it does not help us grow spiritual. For me, anyway, let me speak for myself. I want I don't want to say this. Everybody that's part of the body of Christ, uh, you know, but I'm just saying for myself, you know, because of the advance of technology, when the Bible talks about knowledge will increase all this stuff that's out there, it's going to come down to a point that they can wipe every internet thing out. China can hit us with something and knock all our technology out. And then what do you have? You don't have nothing but your word of God, your Bible. See, they can do that faster than confiscating your Bible. See, back then they done that stuff then, but today how do they knock everything out, especially if they want to this is all about the morals of God, the church, believe it or not. It's not about, it's about God because it's Satan trying to bring down the people of God or the ones that can be saved. So China hit us with something, knocked all technology out. Most people will go crazy. Some people will commit suicide because their life is in this technology. That's why it's dangerous to get so attached to this technology, AI, all this stuff. People cannot make it. People will become very stupid and dumb without this technology. Because they lost the original way, God's way of learning about him. They will have to, we will have to go back to prayer. And not reading so much out of that. We have to go back to our Bibles, our books. And sometimes, and today, that's, it just might have to take that for something like that to happen for people of God to wake up and go back to their Bible. And I'm not just talking about everybody. I'm not saying this is going to happen, but it can. I, I'm not, and I believe eventually it will. Now, will the church be here when this happened? I don't know. Like I said, I don't believe the church is going to be here as long as five more years. That's my opinion. I don't believe. I don't believe we can get so much worse and we're still here. So I, I'm saying about five years. I don't know. This is not a prediction. But this is just me. I could be gone before that, you know. But I want to be. I, I'm gonna be. I want to be alive when God just takes me. I don't want to go before then. If it happens, I know I'll be with Him instantly anyway. But I, I want to be in that rapture, man. I want to be in that catching away, man. You know. Wow, that's gonna be beautiful. Okay, this is Joseph Brownlee, Body of Christ, real talk. Now you see the passion that I have and the information you just got. It's for you as a believer to search these things yourself. But you got to have a passion. You got to have a hunger. You got to just let the Holy Spirit guide you. See, not through an audible voice or touch you or anything like that. A lot of us, or oh, you cannot handle that anyway if we just up and talk to you. You'll fall dead. But I'm talking about let your spirit, man. Church, we have the Holy Spirit within us. And a lot of us don't, we lead, leave the Holy Spirit and we get to our own flesh and knowledge with denominational, traditional, spiritualism type of teaching. And we forget that the Holy Spirit is sealed within us. He's our guide. He's our comforter. You see what I'm saying? 
He was there for the candy program and today he was just used differently then. He's within the body of Christ. He would never leave us. We are sealed as a believer, I'm talking about, as a church, body of Christ. You know, the body of Christ. I didn't say Christian. I just said the body of Christ that is a Christian, not a Christian that think he's a, in the body of Christ. You see the difference? I'm talking about a person that's the new Christian body of Christ. That's a real Christian. That's a person that's part of the church. If you want to put emphasis on the name Christian. Okay. You got to know the difference. God does. God does. We God knows the body of Christ because he made that organism. The head is Jesus. He's not caught up in names. He's not caught up in names and titles like the world is. Okay, remember that. God is not caught up in the name Christian or Christianity or born again. He's not caught up in that. He's caught up in realness. Names don't save you. Believing in something that happened on your and you base it on your works or I like to call it a self-made Christian because you can't be a self-made person that's in the body of Christ you got to be a self-made Christian okay alright if you want to be a believer and part of the church the new creature I'm talking to the unbelievers now unbelievers as the one never gave their life to Christ now, you that might sound real bad when I say unbeliever. Now, let me give you a little breakdown. An unbeliever is a person that believes in Jesus, believe that Jesus died and rose again in a, in a certain way, but they on the fence on that part. They believe there was a Jesus. They believe in the good things that he done. They believe in a lot of things that he done in the Bible but they never received him in their life. So therefore, with all that said, you are still in unbelief because your unbelief is proven by you never accepting him. That's unbelief. Whether you wanted to live you where you want to live, you don't want to, you felt you had to give up all this, whatever it is, it's still unbelief. Everything is based on belief when it comes to salvation, your faith and your belief. That's what I mean by unbelief, not to put you down, or make me better than you. I'm just, that's what unbelief me. If you never accepted Jesus in your life, making him your Lord and Savior. Now, I'm not saying it in the Calvinist salvation. I'm just saying it interchangeably. And the only way that can happen is you believe in what he did. Okay, his death, burial, and resurrection. The gospel of salvation for the world today. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 4 is the gospel of our salvation for the ones that's not saved. That's the way to be saved. Remember, I just I just gave you, it was two different gospels. The gospel today is the gospel of the grace of God. Acts 20 and 24 is the only way to be saved under the teachings of the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul is our apostle, not the twelve. They're apostles of for Israel, Peter and the Twelve. The Apostle Paul is the apostle for the world, the nations, the Gentiles. Therefore, the gospel of the grace of God is the salvation message for the day. Faith, 
alone. Salvation by grace, by faith alone. No works. Even AI, all that research AI broke it down. And AI is not even a person or a human. It's just an intelligence that he gets gathered around the information like a computer. And AI broke down the two differences of the churches, but it also tried to sneak that they are preached they're simultaneously or together. No, they're not together. But you got to just differentiate and just separate the two Gospels because there are two programs, the gospel of the kingdom of heaven and the gospel of the grace of God. The more you keep looking at them as one, you wanna, you're wanna you going to continue to be confused because a lot of things comes with the gospel of the kingdom of heaven, which is Israel, besides the signs and wonders that many churches love to talk about or the speaking in tongues, which many churches love to talk about. See, but you have the curses that come with that too. You have certain tithes you have to do. You're not even tithing right. A lot of you would have been dead and stalled a long time ago if that program was today. Do you think about that? Majority of the churches would be cursed. First of all, that that if you if you was the Kingdom of Heaven program was today. You will already be wiped out because of all your different churches you go to. You have to be at one accord. It wouldn't be no different denominations. You would be have to be at one accord. You would be wiped out if you was under the Kingdom of Heaven program. Then you got the nerve to mix the gospel grace with it. That's why many people don't like going to church. They are confused. They need to know what is the gospel today. Okay. That's the way to be saved. The gospel of salvation today, point blank, period, is under the teachings of the Apostle Paul, the gospel of salvation today, the gospel of the grace of God, which is called only that time in Acts 20 and 24, is under Paul, found in 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 4, the gospel of your salvation. You believe that gospel. His death, that he died, that he was buried, and he rose again for your sins and everything over 2,000 years ago. Why do I say it like that? That means you don't have to wait for your sins to be forgiven. He done that 2,000 years ago. You just got to accept him and believe that. Not for the forgiveness of sins, but for your salvation. Because your sins have already been taken care of regardless. But that don't mean you have a free ticket to heaven. That's why I put, I, I often say, People still going to hell when they don't have to because they based everything on their sins and their sins. God do not even see sins today. He just see your unbelief about what his son done in that full package. See, that's the way. Point blank. I love you all. I hope you got something out of this. I hope this is a lot of somewhat Bible teaching I'm doing a body of Christ real talk and I just I just feel in within me we all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions and it's because that occasional shave really hurts it's the time of year for big occasions and yet there he is suffering with that cheap drugstore razor let's help him out Henson Shaving's line of razors built with aerospace precision deliver a smooth shave your dad brother and even son can enjoy eventually with replacement blades just 10 cents each you'll buy it once and they'll use it for life how's that for the perfect gift 
Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase. And no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. When you save on auto insurance for driving safe with USAA SafePilot, you'll feel like a big deal. Even in a traffic jam. Save up to 30% with USAA SafePilot. Restrictions apply. I need to talk about salvation more. People need to be saved. Because we don't have long, man. I mean... Like I say, I, I believe I don't see it uh, five years. It could be any day, and I'm serious about that. And I'm ready, man. You know, I feel sad sometimes. Cause I feel I haven't done what I needed to be doing. Not because I'm worried about losing my salvation. I'm just worried and sad about souls. You know, this is what the station about. This is why I touch worldly events. This is why I talk about different things. Okay, I'm gonna leave you with this. Uh, not only Chicago, but there's a lot of things going on. People are getting killed. There's so much gun violence. Now, I'm not going to talk about this, these gun laws and everything like that because I know the real meaning why they want to take away your guns, which has always been evil. But I'm not going to talk about that. I'm totally against that. But we do have a problem with guns in the wrong hands. That's the problem with guns. It's not guns itself. It's guns in the wrong hands. It's just like I was talking about AI. AI in the wrong hands is the problem, not the system itself, which can be used for good. Just like YouTube, like our Facebook, they all could be used for the glory of God. But it's when it gets into the wrong hands. Satan always, he always, not often, but always perverts something that's good that could be used for the glory of God. Now, guns, it's not the issue. Listen closely to what I'm saying. That's not an issue with guns. The issue is when it gets into the wrong hands. Even if a child makes a mistake and finds their father's gun or mother's gun and they wind up shooting somebody or shooting themselves. Is it the gun fault? No, it's not the gun fault. It was gun misplaced and wasn't, it was a gun left out there. It wasn't that gun's fault. See, that's what society and most, a lot of far left liberals want you to think that the guns are the problem. If the guns was the problem, they would be going out to the ones that shouldn't have a guns like these gangs and cartels hard, not the regular law abiding people that tells you they have another agenda. OK, but that's not what I want to talk about. That's another another subject I'll talk about later. But I feel I need to talk about salvation because so many people are dying because of guns and the wrong hands. OK. Black and white, all right? People are dying because of medicines. People are dying because of these vaccines, PJ Vax, I like to call them. Children are dying left and right. The world is so, the United States is showing their colors now. The government, the system, and individually, how wicked our country is. How wicked our country is. People are dying, not only from what the things I have mentioned, not all from getting killed or shots. Black on black crime is higher than any other ethnicity crime, point blank. Not only in Chicago, but it's high, but in other uh, liberal democratic cities itself. 
and I'm putting specific because I'm calling them out. The majority of this stuff is happening in Democratic liberal cities. You have wicked white and black Democrats. You have wicked white and black liberals. Now, I'm not saying our Republicans are not wicked, but the, the, the weight of all these laws being passed are from Democrats, black and white. Okay. We have a lot of gun violence. We have a lot of drug violence, sexual traffic violence, this transgender movement. See, the crashing of the banks, all this stuff happening. And it's like it's like a rush. That's why I say I don't see the church being here that long within five years. I really don't. And it's just remember, the uh, WEF have a 2030 program that they want to accomplish all what they're trying to do for this one world order, which is what it is, in 2030. I don't see the church being here. So I think the window is short. The window is very short. You ever heard of Robert Breaker? And I don't listen to him as much. But when it comes to anti eschatology, man, this guy breaks down a lot of stuff very well. He has a lot of assumptions, you know, and he reads into a lot of things. I, I have somewhat of an issue with that. But, man, when it comes to end times breakdown, he's one of the best I've seen do this for me. Robert Breaker. Look at Robert Breaker. You know, you might disagree on some of the things he say, but that's okay. We're going to do that. You know, I don't like nobody calling him a false teacher. He's not a false teacher. Nowhere near a false teacher to me. We might disagree on some things when it comes to discipline or grace or whatever like that, but he's most definitely not a false teacher. He's part of the body of Christ. No doubt. I don't I don't doubt that. But let I'm not finna talk about that. But man, his his and lady, his breaking down of the end times is 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 man, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Look up Robert Breaker. Robert Breaker. Some People, grace teachers might not check them out, but that's okay. I'm talking about me, and I'm letting you know. Stop. We're going to differ on some things, as long as it ain't the deity of Christ and things like that. We're going to differ on uh, body of Christ or born again or something like that, you know, whatever like that. But majority of the time, we uh, agree on certain things, but that don't give you and I a right to call nobody no false teacher because of disagreement on that. False teachers to somebody, and you should know. A church should know the difference between a false teacher and a false prophet. The Bible breaks that down. And do these people add up to the, the way the Bible breaks it down? No, they don't. Some do. And I ain't gonna name their names now. Some people are, a lot of preachers are false teachers, false prophets. They're not gonna change. They're sold out. I believe some of them got demons in them because they're not Christians. They're not, well, they're not believers that are Christians. You see what I'm saying? But what I want you to understand is there's so much going on, okay? And are you ready? Excuse me for that gross sound. I'm sorry. I can't help it because I get clogged up. I apologize for that. But are you ready? I can tell you you're not ready if you're not saved. Believing it's, this is not easy believism. Some people call what what free grace and all that. This is not easy believism. Easy believism or this free grace just believe 
they believe in faith and love and grace by faith, but they, they, they just don't put a lot of emphasis on works or nothing like that. Now, what, what free grace is, so you got uh, what they call it, the Armenian teaching or whatever like that, do you got the Calvinist teaching? Let's talk about that. The free grace, easy believism is not what I teach. That easy believism means they believe by faith. They believe you could be saved by believing in the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ, etc., and stuff like that. But if you put only your belief on that, they believe that you don't have to do, they leave out a lot of works. The body of Christ, we do do works, not as a commandment, like the kingdom program. Our works is because we are saved. We want to do works when we are saved. We don't do works to stay saved. That's the difference between the kingdom of heaven program. Under the kingdom of heaven program, which is the law, or which was the law, they are saved by faith plus works, which means they had to keep doing things, and it was conditional. Salvation by grace is unconditional. We don't have to do certain things. We, we do those things because we are saved. It's part of our fruit growing to get closer and stronger in God, in Christ. Not for salvation, to keep our salvation. Our salvation is secured. It's assured. We are sealed with the Holy Spirit. That's the down payments. That sealing proves that's, uh, that's a sign. Just as Israel had to sign a circumcision, our sign of approval with God is ensured spiritually. That's why we are called circumcised spiritually, not physically, by being sealed with the Holy Spirit. We are eternally secure. We cannot lose our salvation because we are in Christ. We cannot leave our salvation. Free grace just believes. You just believe by faith and everything else is okay. No, this is not easy believism or free grace. There is some works that were required for us to do, but it's not a commandment based on our salvation. It's a commandment based on our growth. So we can go strong, grow strong and strong, get prepared for the heavenly places we are going to and bring people closer to God. Not in the heavenly places, but on earth. See, we are preparing for the heavenly kingdom. Yes, kingdom, heavenly kingdom. Not the earthly kingdom like Israel, but the heavenly kingdom. We do works because we are saved. Because we will be doing work in the heavenly places, but we will be enjoying it. You understand You understand what I'm saying? So works is today for the believer, but it's not a prerequisite for salvation compared to the kingdom program. That's why James, under the law, taught Faith by works is dead because that was under their program. That's why Paul said faith alone. They are not the same. You can't use them interchangeably. James is right in his books, but he's right under the kingdom program. Faith by works is dead. He was talking to Israel, preparing the Jews, the 12 tribes from the beginning of the book. So they had to do works to keep their salvation. That was under the law, under the covenant program, okay? So how could you put yourself there? That's why you're confused. God bless you all. Body of Christ, real talk. I love you all. I hope you're enjoying this. Leave some comments or give me a phone call or whatever. And let's 
hear people say believers and ones that's listening to me, you have no more excuses with the information I get out there, put out there, not only from this show, but the uh, Connecting the Dots, which is a, for the saved, uh, Connecting the Dots, so you can grow in the knowledge of the truth according to First Timothy 2 and 4. You have no excuse. You're walking in unbelief, period. That's all I can tell you. I put it out there. It's on you all, man and woman, no matter what ethnicity you are. God bless y'all. Love y'all. Body of Christ, real talk. This is real talk for the day. Bye-bye. Love y'all. Laugh out, Pee-wee. <laughs> Peace out. May the grace of God keep you all. Bye-bye. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday.